So you want to hear something interesting? Yes. I am taking this class that Nisha Sharma told me that I had to take. It's called Strengths for Writers. And it's hosted by, it's sort of run by a person named Becca Syme, who's like a life coach, as far as I can tell, and a writing coach. And it's one of these things that, like, every once in a while on Twitter, you'll see somebody just singing the praises of Becca and this class, like Katie Robert. And I saw Jess Michaels the other day talking about it. Um, and she has this academy called Write Better Faster. And frankly, who doesn't want to write better and faster? <laughs> and so I was like, I will drop several hundred dollars on this sort of empty promise that someday I will be able to not procrastinate and write faster. Um, and maybe I will. Maybe it is not an empty promise. I have not met with Becca yet. I'm getting ready for it. <laughs> but as part of it, you take this test called the Gallup. It's like run by Gallup. And it's called the Clifton Strengths Test. Okay. For writers or just for no, people? No, it's like for anybody. Anybody can take this test. Um, as far as I can tell, because it's run by Gallup, um, it's really more for like big corporations and like HR companies, like when they make you have mandatory like team training, make you all take this test and then you all sit around a circle and have to ex- like discuss each other's strengths to be able to appreciate each other better. Sure. So anyway, it gives you a list of 34 things that are, you know, ways that people work and it ranks them from one to 34 and it basically delivers you a personality test like the Myers-Briggs or, you know, the horoscope. And so... <laughs> So, but they focus on the top 10. And so my top 10 are all unsurprising. If I read them to you, you'd be like, I could have, you could, I could have saved you $50 and given you this test by yourself. Um, so anyway, but I am number six. So, it, and the, the strengths are like, you know, relator or focus or communication or strategic. And they all have these like, you know, very, like, you feel like you're going to do, a, um, like, a Leslie Nope kind of, like, power, like, get yourself jazzed up in a mirror, right? Well, I am, my sixth highest strength is futuristic, which means, like, I'm always looking at what is to come. Like, I'm always thinking about what comes next, like, what's what's down the line, like, legacy, that kind of thing. Uh, we're recording this on October 31st. It's going to drop on November 4th, and the futuristic in me is like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, real wild. I'm just in this, like, fugue state where I, a lot of my, yeah, a lot of my mental well-being, I've, is really, like, really tied up in the fact that, like, this election goes our way. Like, Jen. I don't even have anything in the tank. We are in listeners' ear holes right now. In the future. And it is November 4th, 2020. It's happened. Whatever has happened is happened. And I don't know what's happening. <laughs> well, you know what, though? Realistically, no one might. I mean, it, we might not know still. We might wake up and not know. We don't know. Welcome, everyone, <sighs> to Faded Mates. <laughs> Fate, it feel, the faded part feels so real right now. <laughs> uh, I am Sarah McLean. I write romance novels, and I read them. And I am Jennifer Prokop, and I am a romance reader and critic. And also, I'm going to say one more thing, which is funny. No, I would say, you know, the, like, you're making the list of things. I, like, did you ever read that Malcolm Gladwell piece about, like, people that are, like, connectors? 
Yeah. Right? Like, people that know everybody and connect everybody else. Sure. Yeah. That's, like, one of the few times in my life I read something where I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> and my friend Kate says, she's like, if you knew how many people are in my phone under the, like, business of Jen's friend. <laughs> well, let's be honest. I mean, best friend Kelly. How, how long did it take me to say to you, what's Kelly's last name? Because <laughs> in my phone, she's literally listed as first name, best friend, last name, Kelly. <laughs> That's actually amazing, yeah. Um, so, uh, here's what we do know. Here's I'm feeling confident. Here's what we do know. We know that whatever happened yesterday happened yesterday. Yeah. And we know that we all woke up this morning. Yep. And we are here, and we're going to talk about some books. We're going to yep. talk about a whole <laughs> lot of books. And, you know, we're going to, Jen and I are recording this. It is, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how we're all feeling. We're hoping everybody's feeling real great this morning. Here, you know what, here's the other thing I know, though, is I know that this time around, I did everything I could to make it happen. Like, whatever it is that happens today, I am not going to look back and be like, I should have done more. And I worked the polls yesterday, so I'm probably real tired. Um, but I, like, we phone banked with our list. This is weird. This is some weird know. POV shit. I know, like, exactly. I'm like, it's so strange. in the future, but future also tense. in the past. I know. I like it. <laughs> Kate Clayboard right now is so excited. Wait, it, that feels like a thing. Like, is that, like, past plouf perfect? I don't thing? know any of the names of those tenses. Someone tweet us and tell us what the exact tense. Yeah, right tense or language, whatever. I'm a writer. Um, It is when you are speaking of yourself in the future, but also the past. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that's really interesting is my theory is the people who like know the names of those tenses are people who teach language. Because of course, as like native speakers of a language, you just know how to do it. You don't really actually think about it. But you know, when it's really interesting, because I teach middle schoolers and my students, of course, are like learning, you know, Spanish or French or whatever. And sometimes when I point out that those same rules about tense or point of view or apply to English too, they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, well, you're, you just don't have to think about it. You should know how to do it without anybody teaching you. And they're just like, their minds are blown. Yeah. That's true when you also like grow up with a second language. Like I, you all know because of our episode with um, Adriana that I grew up, my father was Italian and we spoke Italian in the house sometimes. We were not a dual language house, but we were enough of a dual language house that we could easily all slide into Italian if we needed to, you know, to talk about strange people around us at a restaurant, (laughs) which is... Really very polite. Highly recommend. Um, But the interesting thing is, is that if you asked me how to conjugate a verb in Italian, I am always wrong. Like, always wrong. And then I just usually anglicize it. Yeah. (laughs) My father rolls his eyes and, like, bemoans our existence, and that's that. Anyway, you were saying yesterday you worked the polls, meaning November 3rd you worked the polls, not October 30th. I'm going to share this with everybody because it has been cracking me up for, like, like weeks. So this is my first time working the polls. I, past me, was very nervous about COVID, but really felt like if we were going to save this democracy, then we needed to have polling locations open. So I signed up to work the polls, and I... um 
got assigned my precinct, like, sort of the last week, like, a couple days, no, about a week ago now. So it was, like, the the middle of October, like, late October, I get my email that's, like, you know, check into the Chicago poll worker site to figure out where your polling location is. And I actually thought it was, like, a joke at first because my polling location is a sports bar. <laughs> <laughs> and it yes, actually, it actually, it's like Chicago <laughs> coming in clutch because I was, I mean, I was like, wait, really? I mean, I literally thought it was a joke at first. That's like I had, amazing. Like I had joke, I had like logged into a joke poll worker website where like, of course you'd give <laughs> And I was like, no, listen, everybody, I am working the polls at a sports bar near Midway and I'm not even sad about it. I love it. I mean, we are talking about a city that dyes its river colored. Yeah, for sure. for uh, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. It is. I was like for March Madness. That's not right. Same alternate name for St. Patrick's Day, by the way. Uh, well, here my friend's son. He is alternate alternate name for St. Patrick's Day is White People Pride. So, <laughs> sure. It really is something else. I mean, yeah. Actually, here's another really weird COVID thing. We went into lockdown. Um, here in Illinois, my last day of school was March 11th. Yeah. And then I think it was like the 15th, maybe, that they ordered the lockdown. And this summer, we drove out to the Indiana Dunes, which is like only about a half an hour away. And we saw a billboard for basically like, I mean, St. Patrick's Day is a big deal around here. So in July, we saw a billboard that had clearly not been changed since COVID that was, like, announcing the St. Patrick's Day bar and blah, blah, blah. And I, it felt like I had literally been in a time machine, right? Like, here I was yeah. months yeah. later driving, looking at the St. Patrick's Day, and it, it a, a weird feeling of time collapsing upon itself. Sure. What is of the course. verb tense for that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the German word for that? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I'm pretty excited about it, and I will, I'm sure, tweet about it because I could be like, I was able to work the poll and have wings. Thank you, Chicago. I uh, love you. Amazing. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I think I feel the same way. I mean, I'm sure that I could have done you know, more. I feel like, like, right. there's always we more, could all but, do right. more, but I feel like we did a great thing. And what we did for the last six weeks, and it was not originally intent, much like, like everything faded makes <laughs> We're just going to do it once. We're going to do this thing one time. It's going to be great. And then suddenly like, oops, we did it every, every week, but I'm so glad we did for the last six weeks. You all know this. If you've been listening, um, we have been hosting Faded States, which is our um, phone banking with Indivisible, which is an organization of uh, former Democratic staffers and Democratic politicians, not politicians, but Democratic, you know, pundits and thought leaders um, who all got together after the 2016 election and said, like, the Democratic Party has fucked things up and we are smart people who are going to help put it back together. So Indivisible has been working alongside lots of other amazing organizations like Swing Left and other places, mm-hmm. Emily's List um, and other places to make sure that there is a deep backbench of Democratic politicians and leaders in every state, in every district, in every right. city and town in America. And that is awesome. And I think, like, the lesson we learned from 2016 was, like, we all—the Democratic Party could have 
served us better right. over the years. Right. Um, so, but Indivisible is here. And so Jen and I and all of you, many, many of you guys have come together over the last six weeks, every Saturday. Today, we are recording Saturday morning. This afternoon will be our final phone bank into Georgia, which we are excited about. And we actually, uh, on this morning, when you are listening, we will know the results in Georgia because they are early reporting results. Um, We're phone making into Georgia tonight, but we have, so the first week we sort of said, this is going to be great. We're just going to do this thing. And I reached out to like a handful of my friends and I said, we'll probably have like 20 people on this phone banking call. Where where do we call that first week? The first week we called to Kentucky. Remember how great right. it was? Yeah. To, and it was awesome. We called yeah. Kentucky because Mitch McConnell is a monster. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and I reached out to a handful of my friends and I said, hey, I need 20 books. Does anybody have like a couple books they can send to me or send out to people who phone bank? And yes, yes, absolutely. Everybody was like, yes. And then... Uh, we decided we were going to do it again and again and again, <laughs> and <laughs> romance fucking delivered. Yeah, it was amazing. What started the the phone banks have grown exponentially every week. Last week we had almost we had over eighty, more than eighty people mm-hmm. joined the call to phone bank. Where did we go last week? South Carolina. No, today is uh, no, last week. Last week was South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. Also very great, by the way. Yes. Shout out to South Carolina. Everybody was super great there. Um, and we had more than 80 people calling last week. We made more than 49,000 calls, including all the... Right, yeah, the dial in time. But this is my favorite part is... Okay, so Kelly, best friend Kelly, volunteers with Indivisible. And she was the one with Sarah... Like, had this idea. I brought it to Sarah. They were like, we're going to do this thing. Um, Nick is like the indivisible guy who's setting it up. And he told us last week, he's like, so the, the, the thing on the app on the, your computer you use is called the hub dialer. And he, last week he was like, you guys, you can only load 50,000 numbers into the hub dialer at a time. And when our group called South Carolina last week, we ran through 49,000 of them. Like, he was basically like, you, like, ran the table on the hub dialer. And I am so excited because I feel like today for Georgia, yes. we're do it again. We're going to do it. We're ready. We're feeling good. Jen and I now, uh, we like to get A's on all of our assignments. And we got an A- minus last week. And we're like, we're going to get the A this weekend. <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, doing finger up. up, up finger exercises i'm limbering up you know what's been great too people have been bringing their friends my mother-in-law has been phone banking with us today my uh, my friend liz is gonna come um we have had people who have been here have been have done six times with us um one of our superstar phone bankers caroline has has been phone banking other places and with us um so i just feel like it's been I don't know. I think a lot of people are nervous about phone banking. I was nervous about phone banking. And now I think we're all like, hey, we can do this thing and make it a blast at the same time. Yes. And I mean, I do want to like, I want to shout out some of our like regular phone bankers. Aside from Caroline, who's been here every week, some of the regulars that we've had, we want to shout out Alexandra and Ambriel and Amory and uh, Gwendolyn and Janelle and Jennifer Ann and uh, Jessica and Kate and Colleen and Melanie Green has been here every mm-hmm. week. Um, Melanie Green, the author, who we've talked about before, Michelle and Molly and Rebecca and Susan and Tara Lee and Teresa and 
Tracy, which you guys have all been here four, five, six times. We're so excited. I, it just blows us away. Yeah, it really does. This is going to be an episode. <laughs> Jen, oh, because on top of this, on top of so, so many of you coming week after week, um, and then many of you coming like when you can, one week or two weeks, we wanted to also, we have to sort of speak to the fact that yeah. romance is really delivered. And I, for, of course, we've just done this big list, but I didn't count how many. But I would say we've got like 40 authors who have delivered books to the cause. And that doesn't include our friends at Learning the Tropes, at Heaving Bosoms, at Wicked Wallflowers, so many, you know, Linda and, and Beth and others who have donated prize packs and T-shirts. And I mean... Really, I'm overwhelmed by how much romance has come out for oh, this. Oh, yeah. People who are like, I can't participate, but can I donate Amazon money? Can I? I mean, a really amazing people just, like, kind of participating in whatever way they can. I also want to share, like, every week there's been some fairly amazing, like, I don't know, like stories and like one is really awesome and kind of funny and one was really sweet. And I want to tell those two, which is so one week we've had Laura Von Holt on as a, who's an author who writes as Laura Lovely. And is she the one that with the mermaid podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Laura's been with us every week. Almost. She's been with us every week. And so in the chat on the zoom, moves about a million miles an hour, right? So it's like people will, I mean, it's, you know, you say good stories that are happening while your phone banking are bad ones. You can ask for book recommendations. Um, Melanie Green and her friends created like a trope spinner where it like kind of like spits out funny romance tropes and she'll like put in plots and we all like laugh about them. But a couple weeks ago, someone was asking for good Halloween recommendations and someone was like, oh, I just heard the Heaving Bosoms podcast talking about this great one called Pumpkin Pounder, right? <laughs> I can't even, I mean, how long have I been reading romance and I still cannot hear that title without just <laughs> excitedly uttering <laughs> the visceral joy I feel in Pumpkin like, Pounder I've been and saving the cover it for today. Is delightful. Chef's kiss. <laughs> right? So anyway. Laura says, wait, I wrote that book. I was on a Heaving Bosoms episode. Like, she found out in the chat. Because it was apparently, it was like a special, uh, Heaving Bosoms does a Patreon. So it was like a Patreon episode. So it was like this amazing moment where someone, like, shouts out a book of an author in the chat. who was like, it was awesome. It was really, really great. It was. It was great. I mean, authors, so many authors have joined us, too. Carrie Lomax, Melanie, we talked about, Laura, um, Andy Christopher, Adriana Herrera, Nisha Sharma. So many. We can't even. Oh, and we've had um, author visitors. Christina Lauren came to to say hi to callers. Kennedy Ryan. Suzanne Brockman came and gave a book to everybody um, on the call. Julia Quinn Quinn. started that when she came to visit with her husband, um, who is an epidemiologist oh, with her husband, Paul Pottinger, who is an infectious disease specialist, and then like took questions about COVID for 10 minutes. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and Julia gave uh, books, a book to every person on the call. Um, Amy Jo Cousins gave books to every person on the call. Carrie Ann Ryan gave books to every person on the call. Um, it's really absolutely incredible. 
I want to tell the story about Ambriel and Julia Quinn. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Julia Quinn, but another really amazing, uh, like, moment, right, unscripted, is we have had a caller, Ambriel, who has been with us almost every week, I think. Every week. Every week, yeah. Um, Actually, she just messaged us that she can't do it today, and I think she feels like she's letting us down. Because she has littles, and it's Halloween. Of course. Of course. And she... um, (laughs) Which, like... I know. It's right? basically, hey, listen, this morning my little jumped on my bed at 6.15 to sure. scream. It's Halloween. Like, <laughs> it's it's okay, the most important kid. day of the year when you're a child. <laughs> it's a pure candy holiday. All right. Exactly. Ambriel essentially tells Julia Quinn that she had a child in the hospital. And she was just, like, I mean, the whole call was basically in tears. Right? And... She told this amazing, like, I can't imagine as an author what this must have felt like to hear it, because as an outsider, it felt amazing to hear that she basically, like, was, you know, blurry-eyed in the hospital bookstore and found a Julia Quinn novel. She'd read romance before, but it was the first time reading Julia Quinn, and that it, like, literally just took her away in, that, in a way nothing else had. And the whole call was wrecked. But it was just this real, like, romance changes lives. And I, like, saw it at that moment. It was amazing. So. And hopefully this phone bank, it really felt like we were doing good work. Yes. Every time I see, you know, we called Iowa, and then I saw the Iowa Pulse Titan, and I was like, that's us. We did that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's not just us. Shout out to every person listening who has text banked, phone banked, sent postcards, you know, worked at the polls, talked to their friends about going, flipped a Republican. Yeah. We are... All, we are here for all of you, and we are so grateful. But, okay, we are 23 minutes into this episode, and it is going to be a beast. Um, so here is what we decided to do, and it's maybe a little bit crazy, but we're doing it because it's, it's yeah. our shot. We're shooting our shot. <laughs> so like we said, we have about four, 40 authors who donated books to the cause. Every person who phone banked every week got a book from someone. And what we want to do, Jen and I, to thank all of the authors for being so awesome and really coming out is we want to talk about all of you and recommend at least one book from your list, your catalog, um, to to our listeners. So listeners, um, show notes is essentially today just going to be a list of all the books we talk about yeah. and all the authors we talk about. It's not going to be as comprehensive about all the other bits that we talk as it has been. Um, so you don't need a pen, but we are going to go fast. It's going to be like rapid fire. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I'm going to say before we start, too. We also had authors offer books and we had to turn them down because we had so many like I just this morning like CJ Miller was like do you need more books and I was like okay we do not but thank you for offering so um and if we if we skipped you it is completely our mistake and I will just apologize I think we got everybody but there were so many people yeah tell us if we skipped you and you donated books I'm trying really hard to keep this list 
please DM me on Twitter, shoot me an email, DM Faded Mates, just get to get to us somehow and we will rectify it in a future yes. episode. Do not be shy. That is our mistake and we would, we want everyone to know that you were a part of this. So, yes. Uh, okay, so are you ready? <laughs> Knuckles cracked. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yes. All right, so we're going to start with Annabelle Anders, who chose her name well because <laughs> it's like the first kid in class getting called all the time. <laughs> so here's my thing about Annabelle Anders. She has a series called The Cocky Series, which if you followed romance at all over the last couple of years, you know that this is like a really perfect thing because... A while back, somebody tried to trademark the word cocky in romance, and it went to New York City. It actually went to court, and it's magnificent. And maybe in show notes, I will link to, like, the best the best of judges. Like, the way the judge had to deal with the fact that the, there was a book, there was a series about cocky um, <laughs> heroes was really fucking perfect. Um, like, if I remember correctly, the judge says is looking at a cover at one point and says, and this cocky doc, I think it was called, like, the cocky doctor. And he was like, and this person is a doctor. And the man has, like, no shirt and is just wearing, like, a stethoscope. And the response from the lawyer is, well, it doesn't look like any doctor I've ever seen. <laughs> So, oh my god, make this a movie. Look. But in response to this nonsense lawsuit where she tried to trademark cocky, half of publishing, or not half of publishing, but some of the the heroines of romance yes. decided that they were gonna write cocky series. So I want to shout out Annabelle Anders's cocky. The series is called The Regency Cocky Gents, and it begins with Cocky Earl and ends with the upcoming Cocky Butler, and I have now bought three of them for my TBR. So thank you so much, Annabelle. We love you. Uh, this show is not only dangerous to your TBR, but also ours, because as we are going through, I was like, God, this looks great. Okay, um, we are going in alphabetical order. Yes, okay, Lenora Bell um, writes uh, really terrific romances, historicals that are really mashups of like pop culture, kind of pop culture tropes in historicals. And one of my favorites, literally in every way, it has the most beautiful cover I have ever seen, is One Fine Duke. She, they're like literally laying in a field of daisies. And I like it. And um, the... The heroine's name is Mina Penny, like Monty Penny, right? Like it's like a spy oh, book. It's so oh, cute. So <laughs> I know. It's delightful. I was literally like, Mina Penny, I'm in. And um, she essentially has been like dreaming her whole life of being a spy because her uncle is like the spy master for England. But of course, you know, because she's a, a woman, she's not supposed to do anything. And um, she ends up meeting, of course, Rafe Bentley, the wicked rake. And, um, you know, his Rafe's brother, Andrew, is the Duke of Thorndon. And, you know, there's all this, you know, oh my God, they like climb through hedges and over, you know, all the spy craft and it's fantastic and it's great. And Lenora just writes a really fun, fun historical. And her, she also has a new release that literally came out a week or two ago called Love is a Rogue. Love is a Rogue. Yes. Which I think is about a carpenter and I love it. So definitely love Lenora's books. Lenora's actual husband is a carpenter. Yeah. She talked a little bit about it. I hosted a, her on the um joanna shoop's league of extraordinary historical romance, romance authors, authors. Yep. yeah and she talked about that it was great thank you lenora 
We love you. Um, okay. I have Bethany Bennett, who is a debut historical. And like, awesome. frankly, I mean, anytime there's a debut historical, I'm just like rubbing my hands together In like glee. a praying mantis. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, sure, it is now. It's not um, where I thought you were going to go with it, but okay. Well, whatever. Snidely whiplash. I don't know. A villain of some kind. <laughs> um, because I just want to eat it. I want to eat them all. So um, this is... This uh, debut is like when it was announced. I mean, the 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 buzz on this book early was, you got to read Bethany Bennett. She's like the newest thing, and I want to confess that I have not read this book yet. But it has been on my. I've had it for months, and so I apologize, Bethany, if you're listening. But what I want to say is that I just read the cover copy for it. And it, it's a fake engagement, which is like my favorite kind of hi- historical because you really are fucked if that doesn't, if that falls through. <laughs> like yeah. when that all falls apart, it's going to be great. So um, this is book one in the Misfits of Mayfair series. It's called Any Rogue Will Do. Support debut authors, but support debut historical authors a whole lot because there aren't that many of us and uh, we're always happy to have you. Thanks so much, Bethany, for donating. We love you. Okay, next up we have Christina Britton. Um, I have read her book With Love in Sight, um, which was a really clever title because one of the like the key parts of the story was that Imogene, who's the heroine, needs glasses and there's all this pushback. Her mother doesn't want her to wear them because, you know, she's not ladylike with them. Girls who wear glasses exactly. Don't get um, and this is a pretty new historical romance author, I'm pretty sure, right? And her newest one um is like came out this summer it's gorgeous it's called a good duke is hard to find um and that one is she has uh lenora has been left at the altar three times and so i really like um i really like any sort of uh story where there's like sort of i mean talk about a woman pushed into a corner right because of this she ends up on this sort of like island away from society's gossip but of course she meets a gruff, mysterious, blue-eyed man. You said gruff. I said I would like to read it. I said one click. <laughs> um, and you know what? Christine is just a really assured author. Like, it's, like, just a really well-done, well-plotted, yeah. really nice character work. Yes. Agreed. Thanks, Christina. We love you. Um, Okay, Suzanne Brockman is next. So we talked about this already, but Suzanne came. She Suzanne has been running text banking, like massive text banking for uh, the campaign in Florida. And um, she, I mean, talk about somebody who has been like working her ass off for (laughs) this campaign. Um, So thank you for all of that work, Suzanne. And she gave books to every person who's on the call the week that we were calling somewhere. I forget. Um, maybe Wisconsin. Wait, did we call Wisconsin? I, we did call Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it doesn't really matter. But she gave books to everybody one week. And so we're really grateful for that. But I want to talk about Force of Nature, which is the book that, um, I mean, I've loved a lot of Suzanne's books over the years. She writes a really great romantic suspense. Um, this is book 11 of her, like, famous Troubleshooters series, which is oh, um, yeah. all—it's it, all focused on, like, black ops and, um, you know, SEALs and, like, big, you know, big dudes fighting <laughs> on the side of right. Um, and the whole Troubleshooter, Troubleshooters series is is awesome, but this one has a hero who—my, like, personal crack, and I feel like we need to um, do a— 
we need to do an interstitial about this is heroes who just love all women. Oh like, yeah. Sure. You know when the, and it's always like at the beginning I've definitely written this hero who like at the beginning of the book it says he loved all women. He loved them in all sizes, and all, all of colors, them. Yes. And all like shapes. All women. All. He's like I just love these <laughs> he women. He liked them smart. He liked them silly. He liked them <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give it to me. I want sure. that. And so heroes who love so it's got the hero who loves all women, all women, the he, the heroine who is not only a crack shot and like yeah. fucking badass but also curvy plus one for curvy um and this is where robin and jules um suzanne's queer couple her male male couple um finally get their love story and it's been sort of like <laughs> oh quietly yeah. moving for many books and so the way that this book is written is it's sort of two simultaneous love stories one between rick and annie and one between robin and jules and it's really fantastic and really trailblazing and it's a great book. I even though it is after Halloween, we are recording this on Halloween. So I do feel like I should oh, at yeah, least say it. that Suzanne Brockman has a really fun kind of like ghost story um like book that I really liked, um almost like a novella and I believe it's going to be a film or it was going to be at some point, I don't really remember. It's called Out of Body and it's really terrific. It's about um it's a male-male romance, and one of them essentially gets, like, possessed by a guy who, like, kind of needs to have a body <laughs> to inhabit. And it's really, um, it's great. There's a lot of comedy to it. You know, there's sort of this sense of, like, what's going on? All of a sudden you're acting differently than I thought you would. Um, it is terrific. And so if you still need a Halloween kind of ghost story thing a few days after November, uh, Halloween is over. I recommend it. The next person is Cassandra Carr, who donate, is donating books to every person on the call today, which is great. And, I mean, so incredibly generous. So nice. Um, so uh, I want to shout out, I have not read any of Cassandra's standalones, neither has Jen, um, but I have read her novella in the Going All In Hockey anthology. Hockey, hockey, it's kind with Stacey Agder and, and Isabel Kelly. Got it. And sometimes we get asks. In fact, we it, hockey books are a, are a regular ask for us. <laughs> this really is turning into one of those hockey episodes you see on TV all the time. If you haven't read this hockey anthology, it is three like really delightful little morsels of hockey romance. And uh, it's got a great cover. And I think you'll be really happy with it. Anyway, thank you, Cassandra. We are, Jen and I both bought books by you today, um, <laughs> and we can't wait. Yes. Okay. Um, next up is Andy Christopher. Uh, Andy is a friend of the pod. She joined us for the Cinnamon Roll episode in, right, season two. Mm -hmm. um, she has a new series, uh, well, I guess it's midstream series that's in Berkeley, Not the Girl You Marry, was, and then... Not That Kind of Guy. Not That Kind of Guy, and this, um... And she is delightful. I interviewed her once for Kirkus, and she was so fun to talk to. Um, I know a lot of you follow her on Twitter because she has a, a, a very strong brand of loving Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
so funny. Um, and I don't know. Do you want to say anything specific about her books? I I'm do. just rush. I'm just saying how awesome. Yeah, she Yeah. Well, also you picked mine. Oh, I'm that sorry. was pink and not yellow. Oh. Jen on the list, but fine. You can fine. say nice things about Andy too. Fine. Okay. That's why I, I was like, why don't I have anything prepared to say at her books? And I was like, oh, because it wasn't my person. <laughs> it wasn't your thing. Fine. <laughs> Um, okay, so my favorite Andy book. So, okay, I really love Not the Girl You Let Marry. Here's what I love about Andy's books. I love that she unabashedly writes heroines who unabashedly love themselves and, like, can and, like, won't take shit and know what they deserve and know, like, I just, I love it. Like, I love, I'm sure there are many people who believe that Andy writes a heroine who is unlikable. And I say, give me every unlikable heroine because what that means is, like, nuance and, like, self-confidence and I love it. Um, I really love Andy's, um, Dusk Until Dawn, which is, um, one of her older, old, oldies, but goodies, I think probably, um, where the heroine like basically confesses that she's in love with her like best friend. And he's like, "Mm, that's not really for me. (laughs) And then, uh, like years later he comes back and she's like, no, fuck you. You broke my heart. And then they fall in love. And I really love that. Also, it's worth following Andy on Instagram right now because she has come up with this great idea where she is having (laughs) romance novelists come onto her Instagram live drunk and tell, recount the, the plot of a romance novel that they love. It's called Drunk Romance History. Yeah. Um, Eric wants it to be a podcast, so Andy heads up. Eric is like, <laughs> tell her I'll produce it for her because um, he wants you to turn it into a podcast. And I'm going on next week, I think. I, I decided what I am not an about. author, but I told her I wanted to come on, and she was like, yes, so I'm going to do one too. But I'm like, schedule me, Andy. I want this so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who's next? All right, um, next up, Kate Claiborne. Oh, we love everything Kate writes. We love everything Kate writes, but I'm going to talk specifically about... Also, we love Kate. Oh, we do love Kate. Yeah, like, full disclosure, Kate's like our best friend. Fine. Yeah, we love Um, Okay, so Kate, one of my favorite books by Kate is called Luck of the Draw. I think it's a lot of people's favorites. Um, In this series, Three Friends Win the Lottery, and... um, you know, each book is kind of like, it's enough to kind of like allow them to change their lives, but not like life-changing money. I don't know how to make that, like how to say that, right? Um, and in this one, a woman who is a corporate lawyer essentially decides to make amends to people she has wronged. And she ends up going to apologize to this guy named Aiden, who's basically like, sure, if you really want to help me, you're going to you're gonna be my fake girlfriend so that I can get this summer camp. Um, and it is honestly such a perfect such a terrific romance i i don't even have words but i also want to talk a little bit about um and this is terrible but listen her next book comes out in february so i know that's a while away but you can pre-order it it's called love at first it might be it might be perfect and it is um it's got romeo and juliet vibes to it. We are going to have Kate on to do an episode about romance retellings. It is beautiful. I loved it. Like, I'm, like, not even really making the right words. It's just perfect and great. You should pre-order it. It begins with her on a balcony and him in the... Ah! And him in the yard. Ah! I know. Uh, And I I, I feel like I can't talk about it because I'm just going to spoil it. I know. But I can say that because it literally... That part is literally... That's amazing. (laughs) 
It's so good. It's also set in Chicago, and she asked me some questions about, like, kind of places, and at one point, I gave her an idea about, like, where they could go on a date, and I'd sort of forgotten, and then they go to that place, and I was like, oh, I did that. Oh, yay. I did that Garfield Park Conservatory. I did it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you, Kate and Andy. We love you. All right, Cressley Cole. I We're mean, not going to talk about this, right? Season one. Go back. You guys, <laughs> I, we, I feel like we need to say this, though, because now we have, like, exponentially more listeners than we did yes. in season one. But if for some reason, over the course of your listening to us, you didn't know that season one is all about Immortals After Dark, season one of our podcast is yeah. a literal read-along about Immortals of Immortals After Dark, Cressley Cole series. Jen and I unabashedly believe that Cressley Cole's Immortals After Dark is the best romance series of all time. Yes. So we uh, recommend you read that. Also, thank you, Cressley. We love you. And, uh, you know, anytime you want to slide Monroe, just write into our sure, we're here for email you. boxes. We're here for you. Maybe you want to do that between now and Tuesday, is what I'm saying. (laughs) The greatest thing is people who think we have some sort of insider information. I'm like, you guys, we don't know anything either. You guys, we love you so much. Uh, But just so that you know, uh, we don't have any inside line (laughs) at all. Every time you ask us a question about Monroe, we're We're like, like, same. (laughs) (laughs) Would would like to know. (laughs) Anyway. Claire Contreras. Claire, you are a delight. I met Claire um, at a writing retreat uh, early last year, and she is really fucking great, and I think she's terrific. And um, here's what I will say. I um, am embarrassed to say that I bought a bunch of her books and then never read any of them, but I was just looking at Twisted Circles this morning because I really am into a Roman, like, romantic suspense right now so twisted circles is a romantic suspense novel it's a one what i really like about claire is like right up front she's like 100 percent standalone yeah this is not dark romance this is romantic suspense you're gonna be fine (laughs) so so i bought the shit out of this book um and here's what i will tell you this is why because it said when i woke up this morning in the room of a mental institution i couldn't remember a thing not my name or how i got there or how i left or how i ended up In that interrogation room, the only thing I knew came from the contents of my bag, a wallet, an ID, a a key that opened an unknown door, and two notebooks. And then they tell me my name, they tell me my story, and that's that. It goes on from there. So I am in. I am in. (laughs) I cannot wait. Uh, So Claire has been really generous, and thank you so much, Claire. We love you. Okay, so next up is Monica Corwin. I am going to admit that I have not read this author, but I am going to literally hang up on the podcast and read the shit out of this book, which I was like, like, it's so dangerous. Okay, also, first of all, I read her bio, and she is from Northern Ohio. Hello. I love you, What are you supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? (laughs) O-H. I-O. Exactly. Of course... (laughs) Poor Sarah. Is that what like, I'm supposed to do? You did it right. Well done. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Sarah has Ohio friends now, me and Kate. And so it's like she's got this whole weird, like, Ohio knowledge that, you know, 
insiders only and you all are water listeners. I also like the word ope a lot. It's so great now. <laughs> um, anyway, her bio says, as a northern Ohioan, Monica enjoys snowdrifts, three seasons of weather, and a dislike of Michigan football. And I was like, oh, Monica, I love you. Then I was looking <laughs> through her books because I was like, well, which book should we talk about? Listen to this. One Shade of Grey. And I was like, oh, I'm curious already. So the the this book... Okay, wait, listen to this blurb. I got myself into this mess. What started as a little harmless fun with the boss turns south when the man whispers another woman's name with his face between my legs. What? Ooh. Things got more weird when he confessed to being Dorian Gray. Ah! That Dorian Gray, a mortal bad boy creepy picture, which turns out to be a lot more science than science fiction. Do I give him another shot? A man with 150 years of experience ah! might teach me a thing or two. After all... He is the original Mr. Gray. Ah! Put it in my veins. Put it in, literally put it in my veins. <laughs> All right. Click. Okay. So that's our next buddy read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Monica Corwin, you are a genius, and I cannot wait to read this. So thank Everyone you. Everyone join us. Yes. Okay. Next up is Amy Jo Cousins. Um, she also, one week, gave books to everyone on the call, and we want to say thank you. Can I also just yeah. interject here? Amy Jo also from like the jump in 2016 has been hustling. She works um, for the Young Center. She works for the Young Center on the border helping families who have been separated and migrant children and she is really doing the business. Yeah. Um AJ is also a Chicagoan, so I've been lucky enough to meet her in person a few times. And she's just, like, one of those people that you're like, you just seem really cool. And then you meet her and you're like, oh, you are really cool. Um, She is also one of my favorite books by her. And she is really prolific and everything she's written is great. But I did talk about her book, Callie Unwrapped, in the Who Did It Better on a Pool Table list. (laughs) And um, it's really sexy. Basically, this woman goes to a bar, like, kind of knowing full well that this is like this date is kind of a prelude a prelude to a threesome and the three of them kind of get it on in the bar and in the cab on the way home and it is super hot super hot it's so great so she's terrific aj's terrific um buy her books they're awesome thank you aj we love you uh alexis daria we love alexis too She's the best. Uh, By the way, Alexis has rebranded her newsletter, and now it's called A Little Bit Alexis Daria, which, if you are a Schitt's Creek fan, (laughs) is pretty great. So, A plus there. Um, Jen and I, I mean, we are going to, spoiler, we're going to talk a little bit more about You Have Me at Ola later in the the year. Yes. Um, But, so we're going to skip. I think we should skip over that, but we do love it. Love, love, love it. Um, And then Take the Lead, which is the beginning of her dance-off series, which is basically if you love Dancing with the Stars and you wish that you could just ship all of the characters (laughs) and read all about that, that's... My favorite is Take the Lead. Yeah. Um, I... Also, I loved that whole series. I really also loved the little novella, the Christmas one. Um, there's a great scene in that one where they literally, like, it's like two, you know, dance pros. And they are out at, like, an outside mall. And they somehow end up doing, like, a dance kind of in front of everybody. And it felt, it just, like, was one of those scenes that felt, like, literally magical. Like, if you were out and about and then all of a sudden you saw, like, the best dancers in the world, like, just having a great time dancing in front of you. Um, it She is a terrific, terrific author. I think her character work is exceptional. Yes. 
Thank you, Alexis. Tessadere. I just said to Jen, it feels like everybody's read Tessadere, right? I know, exactly. Um, if you haven't, you are really missing out. Tessa writes a beautifully funny, delightful hair. Often her heroines are incredibly quirky. Um, they often have like weird pets <laughs> sure. <laughs> who get into shenanigans and often her heroes are um, really crusty and, and, you know, need to be unraveled. But they always, the thing about a Tessadere hero is that he always loves her right yeah. from the start. Yeah. I mean, always. It's, he just instantly is like, oh no, it's her. It's yeah. her forever. Her, her books are just terrific. I, I, I feel like I've, Yet to meet a person who, it, you know, it's like she's such a safe recommendation. And it's like if you want a book that you just know is going to work for you and is going to, like, you know, feel soft and good and wonderful, Tessa Dare. My um, recommendation for Tessa is always when a Scott ties the knot. The um, lobster one, right? Famous Because, no. yeah, because there's, so the premise of this is um, that the heroine has been trying to avoid marriage and so she has convinced the whole world like basically been lying to her whole town um <laughs> about the fact that she um actually has a like fake fian like a fiance like a canadian boyfriend as tessa <laughs> likes to refer to it <laughs> and so she's been writing letters to the front to like um, yeah. an unex like a literal fake soldier on the front um captain mackenzie and so she's written him like letter after letter and basically uses these letters as a diary yeah and then um kel surprise <laughs> like, <laughs> when it's all over uh logan mackenzie shows up on her doorstep like absolutely gorgeous and having received all of her letters yeah. and just adores her from the start and it is really just oh, it's soft and wonderful and like the perfect okay. it's actually like a perfect holiday read even though i don't think it's set during a holiday like it's just like soft it's just and delightful. like the way it makes you feel exactly like you're opening a present yep <clears throat> thanks tessa we love you kate davies yeah oh you Kate's another person who I had never read um, or have never read. However, first of all, it's Halloween today. So sure. I wanted to shout out her Hallowed Love book, um, which uh, is about a, a woman, a scientist who does not believe in magic. And she stumbles upon a secret druid ritual on Samhain and the hero is just so pissed that she has discovered him doing this ritual that um and he's it's possibly I again it's it's time travel I think because mm, he she like slips into this like this like band rite of passage and the hero apparently is like what are you even wearing what are these weird clothes and mannerisms that you have and then because he's just like i don't know what to do with her but like she can't get found and if she tells anybody that she found me doing this like band rite then i'm in trouble so he abducts her and keeps her in a labyrinth <laughs> and i'm like yes yeah, I mean, sounds absolutely correct. That is exactly how that went. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. So that book is called Hallowed Love, and it's by Kate Davies. And thank you, Kate, so much. For yes.
exciting. We are thrilled to have you. All right. Next up is Megan Frampton, um, who is... Megan, we love you. I love Megan Frampton. Again, I met her once at RW, and she's just so nice. So nice. She's delightful. Megan lives like three blocks from me, and sometimes... And fun fact, when I voted early this week and had to stand in line for three hours, Megan was like, I'll come hang out with you. And she came out. And like, she did not have to stand in line because she had an absentee ballot that she could just drop off. But instead, she stood with me for three hours, and it was great. That's so nice. Good friend. She is a good person. (laughs) Well, and you know what? A lot of times people, I mean, in this, in these times, a lot of our readers, our our listeners have said, you know, I really want books that are just soft, that are going to like, you know, good people doing good work, falling in love, not that are not going to write, feel, I don't, there's no sandpaper in these books. Right. And, um, one of my favorites is why do Dukes fall in love, which is just, Oh, it's so delightful. This Duke hires Edwina to be his secretary, and she has a little girl, and he has a dog, and, like, the, it's good. It's just really delightful. I really enjoyed reading it, and I just remember feeling like, this book is taking care of me. This book is like a cup of chamomile tea. It was yes. Amazing. And her new one is called Tall, Duke, and Dangerous. <laughs> Such a great title. I really want to read it. I can't believe I haven't. And the heroine needs self-defense classes. Oh. And the hero is like, I guess I'll give them to you. Wonderful. <laughs> Tall, Duke, um, and Dangerous. But what I will say also about Megan is, like, if you love banter. Yes. And, like, just charming people being charming. Yes, absolutely. This is, this is your writer. Yeah, she's great. Janine Frost. I'm just looking uh Jen, we need to start picking Okay, up the sorry. Here. We're only on the Fs. Okay, sorry. Go for I it. I know. Janine Frost. Thank you, Janine, for donating. Um, if you have not, if if you are a vampire romance lover, which many of our origin of our OG <laughs> faded mates uh, <laughs> listeners are, you should read Once Burned, which is um her book where talk about taking the finger. Janine was like, you know what? I'm writing vampire romance. I'm going to write the original vampire. Dracula is the hero. It's great. Uh, um, but if you like, I just said to Jen earlier, if you are a an urban fantasy fan, her Night Hunters series is urban fantasy, but with more kissing than uh, probably many urban fantasy I, lovers want. But it's exactly as much kissing as I want. So I have not received book, any of series sh- begins with Halfway to the Grave. I have not received any of these books because I have enough books and I am like one of the people holding the phone bank, not receiving things from the phone. Yeah. But I'm struggling this week. I want all these books. God. <laughs> okay. And then Jamie Green, who romance people will know because she used to write the New York Times column on romance uh, every quarter, but now she no longer does that. Um, and she's off writing science, like actual nonfiction about science because she's brilliant and she has offered up because she is featured in both America's best science writing and America's best food writing for 2020 and or 2019 I guess it would be 2020 and uh she's offered up copies of that thank you so much Jamie thanks for all you've done to advocate for romance we love you Awesome. Um, Melanie Green is actually kind of someone I know from something called the Turn in a, Tournament of Books, which just wrapped up last week with the Super Rooster, which is like all the previous winners lined up against each other. Um, she also writes terrific romances and has phone banked with us every week. And we talked a lot about her book, Role of a Lifetime, in our Bodily Autonomy episode. This is a whole series called, I think, Role of the Dice. And she is, they're just great. These are like real people doing real things. 
and um, they just feel really grounded. If you like um, contemporary romance that isn't just like sort of over the top billionaires, which is great, but like really feels like, hey, these are real people, I think you will love everything Melanie has written. And again, one of our diehard phone bankers, we appreciate it so much. Um, Lorraine Heath is a queen of historicals. If yes. you haven't read Lorraine, you are sleeping on Lorraine. Um, and also, congratulations. She's got a lot. You have a huge backlist to start getting You're welcome. this winter. Um, for when you are locked in your house because of coronavirus, <laughs> this is the author to go to. We, Jen and I, love Waking Up with the Duke a whole lot. So much that I put it on the Books That Blooded Us episodes uh, season last season. So you should go and l- read Waking Up with the Duke and go listen to that episode. Um, but if you love the Bare Knuckle Bastards, you will really love the Scoundrels of St. James. You're next to. Oh, and oh, no. Adriana. Adriana. Oh, that's I mean, us. it's Adriana. So we love Adriana. She's the closest of our guests to a to pink, the pink lady jacket. jacket. <laughs> uh, she's fabulous. You should read what? Well, her Christmas, it's coming up on winter. Her Christmas novella is one of my very favorite Christmas novellas, Mangoes and Mistletoe. But Jen maybe has a different favorite. Well, you know what else is coming out from from her and uh, a bunch of people is that Duke I'd Like to F uh, oh, yeah. anthology. <laughs> And that's going to be amazing. Wait, I've read two of the stories from that anthology, and they are both fire. So there you go. You definitely want to pre-order that. Leanna Renee Heber is an old friend of mine in New York City, um, and she wrote. She writes these beautiful gothic fantasy romances that are really lyric and wonderful. She writes YA and romance. Um, her original, the first romance she wrote is called The Strangely Beautiful Tale of Miss Percy Parker, and it is a ghost story. It's a it's a little bit ghost story. It's a little bit magic. It's a little bit uh, like School of Magic. Um, uh, it's a little bit like Hogwartsy, and uh, it's all gas lamp fantasy romance, and it's really lush. Um, Jenny Holiday is probably one of my favorite authors. I think she is, she does banter well. She does plotting well. I think I love the characters in her books. Um, she has out this year A Princess for Christmas, which is basically like a ha- a Hallmark movie in book form, but with like more than kissing. You're welcome. I like it. Um, it is terrific. In this book, uh, a, like a princess of some, you know, made-up country or whatever, is coming out of the UN and hails a cab and falls in love with her cab driver and his little sister, and she invites them to come to her country for, like, the holidays because they don't have a family in, in New York, like, their parents are dead. And he's older and taking, like, essentially his parents died, and now he's taking care of the little sister who's, like, maybe 10 or 12. Um, it's great. It, I think it really turns the tables often when we see these stories. It's sort of like, hapless woman goes over to be the princess and instead he's going to be the prince. It's great. And I loved it. I loved all of her books. Um, one of my all-time favorite favorite romances, literally, is called One and Only by Jenny. By Jenny. It's great. Uh, our next person is Abby Jimenez, uh, who is a fairly new writer. Um, she came out last year with The Friend Zone, and this year she had... Um, 
the Happy Ever After playlist out. Um, and this, first of all, I love this cover. This Happy Ever After playlist is so bright and beautiful. Um, but actually, it's a, a it's a story of a heroine who has had a lot of grief. She's lost her fiance. Um, she uh, decides she's going to foster a dog, and then it turns out that um, the dogs owner is actually a musician and he wants the dog back and so she but she loves the dog at this point so there's like a little back and forth about like who will get to have the dog and guess what happens (laughs) anyway thank you so much for donating books abby we are um really we're really grateful okay oh sophie jordan friend of the pod tara's bestie uh Sophie Jordan, who I talk to every day of um, my life. Here's what I will just tell you about Sophie Jordan. I love her Devil's Rock series. And last week, when I was having a really hard day, I went to my Kindle to read my favorite, Fury on Fire, and discovered I don't own it on Kindle. And I was confused, so I had to borrow it from the library. Um, I have a paper copy, but that's not the mood I was in. I was, you know, get in my dark cave of the bed and read, and without lights on. And I think she's just terrific. She writes, and she writes everything. She writes historical, she writes contemporary, she writes YA. It's the worst being her friend. (laughs) I I bet. Her books, (laughs) though, are great. Oh, you can do everything. Also, her latest book, The Duke Effect, just came out last week. Mm -hmm. And it is a continuation of the Aphrodisiac series, which is not what it's called. But (laughs) I forget what it's called, honestly, the series. But for me, it's the Aphrodisiac series. (laughs) The Rogue Um, Files. (laughs) (laughs) Which begins, the Aphrodisiac movement of the Rogue Files begins with (laughs) Virgin and the Rogue, um, which is bananas sexy. One of my favorites. And then continue, where the heroine accidentally takes an Aphrodisiac. And then the second book in the series, The Duke Effect, which came out last week, continues the Aphrodisiac storyline, where because what happens when a man takes it? So We must know. Who can say? All we can say is that it's definitely going to be super sexy. Also, I would like everyone to note that when we do talk about Sophie, I tend to not talk as much because she is my friend and I want us to have some ethics. (laughs) I love her, though, so I don't know. It's fine. Exactly. I don't talk to her every day and her books are fucking amazing. Okay. Um, Leslie Kelly is next. Um, I just would like to say I personally met Leslie actually at RWA a couple years ago, and she was just really... I don't know, like, you just meet people even signing books, and she was so warm and friendly, and, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't remember me. It wasn't, like, that kind of thing, but I just really, like, I remember being like, this lady seems cool, and I read her book, I'll Be Watching You, which is romantic suspense, um, kind of set in the world of Hollywood. It's about a screenwriter named Jessica, and her childhood crush, uh, crush, his name is Reese Winchester, but I remember the, the thing that was, like, really appealing was he came from, like, a big, old, kind of Hollywood dynasty family, and you know there's so many skeletons in those closets so leslie kelly is great was she the? she was also the president of rwa at some point i think she's terrific yes Yes. uh she's she's a really lovely person yeah ruby lang yeah yeah ruby is i know i talk a lot about characters you can tell it's really important to me but i just think ruby's characters are like they're just like good people trying to do the right thing and that's a nice thing to read in a romance. They're wonderful. Okay. Oh, Laquette is next. Okay, Laquette, who we love. Yes. And who is going to be on the show. She has a new book coming out, right, she in January. Does. And we'll talk about that. But first, we're going to talk about this other thing. <laughs> so, I mean, not this other 
other thing, this other book. <laughs> it's not a thing. I mean, it's a thing in this sense, but whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's called Lies You Tell. And we talked about it with Nisha, too, on Ma- on our Mafia interstitial. And so I'm just going to underscore it again that I really, really love this book. It's a mafia romance. The hero is, the heroine has been kind of on the run from the hero because of, uh, you know, romance reasons. It's like, it's a misunderstanding that happened a while ago and she thought she had to go on the run um, to escape him. And um, oops, she was pregnant with his child at the time. But he basically like, the second she left, he was like single-mindedly focused on getting her back. I love that. I mean, that's all anybody really wants. <laughs> I mean, not in a stalkery way, but in like a all of a sudden everything else sort of fades away because you've lost the person who means the most to you. And so um he finds her and discovers that there's also a child in the balance. Woo. So I'll take it is what <laughs> of I'm course. saying. And you should too. The new book though is called Jackson. And it is coming out in January. It has a great cover with a very handsome man on it. Is that a good-looking fella? (laughs) (laughs) So last night we were watching West Wing, Eric and I. We'll come back to Jackson. And Aaron Sorkin uses the word fella a lot. (laughs) Sure. I turned to Eric and I was like, "Uh, have you ever said the word fellas? Unironically? To a room of people. Like... You know, hey guys, or I don't know, whatever, y'all. Like, have you ever said, like, hey fellas? And he was like, I have not. I mean, Eric doesn't really address a room of people. I mean, he would choose not to address them. (laughs) But I haven't either. Have you ever used the word fellas? No, I try. You know, it's, yeah, no, not really. Where does that come from? I don't know. Aaron Sorkin. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This fella. Does is wants to do you wrong. Yeah. If you unironically use the word fellas, let us know. <laughs> we want to know. I mean, and we're not, there's no shade here. I'm not criticizing the use of it. I just, it's, it's interesting. It must be regional. Must be. Must, must be. be on one of those tests. You know, those sure. Tests yes. Those tests are great. Yeah. They always know I'm from Rhode Island because Rhode Island has its own language. Anyway, point is, handsome fella on the cover of this book. Um <clears throat> but the premise is it's a, it's a little romantic suspensey, I think. I haven't read it yet, but I'm I'm looking forward to it and actually it comes out February 23rd. Um but the the heroine comes home. It's a, you know, heroine returns home to her family ranch in Texas and um there's some trouble afoot. Ooh. And then uh, she needs a person to help her because it sounds like, you know, she's inherited the re- – there's some sort of inheritance issue or she's supposed to take over this ranch, but someone wants her not to. Ooh. And so shenanigans. And so she hires – or hires – I don't think you hire a Texas Ranger. I don't actually know anything about Texas Rangers, but I'm for them <laughs> in this in this form. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so she hires Ranger Jackson Dean. That's a great name. To uh, come out and help her win her ranch back and keep her safe and probably warm. <laughs> of course. Hey, before we go on to our next one, can we can I make a quick announcement about one of our listeners? It's her birthday today, Tara Singleton. <gasps> ah! You know, her husband 
We love them because, look, it's really selfish. Dewey named his fantasy football team after Faded Mates, and we they're, like, super cute together. How Happy birthday, Tara. football team? I don't think doing? they're doing well. That doesn't matter to me. What matters no. to me is the naming protocol. It's important that you tried. <laughs> you know, we were never going to be a great fantasy football team. Exactly. It's like Dewey is the Ted Lasso of his fantasy football team named Faded Mates. Anyway, Tara Singleton. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right. What's next? Uh, Oh, Christina Lauren. Christina Lauren. You all know that we love Christina and Lauren immensely here at Faded Mates. Um, Jen's going to recommend the beautiful series. I'm just going to put that out there. Stranger. Mm Hot. I'm going to recommend Dark Wild Night, which is part of the Wild Seasons series, which is Friends to Lovers. I actually think Christina, we talked about Tessa Dare. Christina and Lauren are the only other people who I trust to do Friends to Lovers and Naima Simone. Um, but he, uh, she is a graphic novelist and he is a comic book story, store owner and they're like very good friends and she's had a crush on him forever and they accidentally get married in Vegas. Oh, and it's fine. great. It's, it's great. so fun. So, um, but truly, you cannot go wrong with. I well, mean, and they have a new holiday book out. So, if you're looking for a yes. good romance for the holidays, in the holidays might be the book for you. Which is Groundhog Day family romance, and yes. it is really yummy. Oh, there! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, uh, Tracy Livesey is next, and I really there are lots of Tracy's books that I really love. Um, I love the one with amnesia, uh, uh, <laughs> which is wait, called Love Will I, Always Remember. Yeah, I always get that one wrong. Love, yeah, love, love and um, which we I think we talked about in our amnesia episode, and like lovers do is her latest release, and I. You know, we were just talking about friends to lovers. This is a perfect friends to lovers romance, and it is hot, and there's hammock sex. So I guess if you just want to like remember the summer, yeah. <laughs> that's sweet is talking the lover book for you. Mm. My my Tracy, I really love the first book in this series too, Sweet Talking Lover, um, which is a different friend. The whole series is connected by friends, right? Um, which is a different friend in the group and a small town mayor. So if you're, you know. Sure. Not tired of politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Head in that direction. That is also incredibly sexy and really delicious. And I, we've talked about this on our Tracy episodes, but nobody writes a heroine who, like, really is competent the way right. Tracy, Tracy does. does. Yeah, agreed. Carrie Lomax is next. Carrie has joined us every almost week every banking. week for so. phone banking. And um, and I want to recommend Carrie's uh, 12 Nights of Scandal. As you can tell, like, we're sort of starting to move our, we're starting to shift our thinking to, like, holiday romances. And, like, yeah. romances, we've talked before about how when when things start to get crazy, um, you know, in the world and in our lives, we want shorter books and, like, novellas. And this is a tight novella um, that is between um, a kind of, uh, like, landed dude a mister (laughs) (laughs) and um he's looking for a wife and it's christmas um it's basically christmas to new year's and um and the heroine the hero's looking the hero's like landed gentry like mr darcy and he's looking for a bride and he chooses this very um you know, vivacious, delightful woman to be his wife and um 
instead. And then it's her cousin who is, of course, the mm. heroine. So it's like a switchy, uh, a switchy, switchy romance. <laughs> sure. I don't know what that yeah. is. We're far into this. It's a lot I of know. books. It's okay. We're going to be fine. <laughs> uh, the next person is Jana McGregor, who's been so generous. She sent so many books for us. Um, thank you so much, Jana, for being part of this. Jana's most recent book is called Wild, Wild Rake. And Jen's going to roll her eyes because she, she, this is my, like, pure catnip. Rich, widowed, marchioness, and the hot vicar. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I support Jen's, you like, all. Shaking her head, like Vickers can't be hot. You're wrong, <laughs> and I'm saying it now. I just, anyway. I want you all to have the things you want. I do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, hot Vicar, if you're into Vickers, you'll be into Wild Wild Rake. Thank you so much, Jana. And you're one more. Oh, and I have another one. You're three, a three uh, Pete right here. I'm I'm three in a row. And the next person that I have is Eva Moore, who um, Eva has been writing, has writes these really like lovely contemporaries. Um, my favorite is Three Strikes, which is a sex positive yoga teacher heroine and the hot tech billionaire who like can't quite get himself relaxed. Well, clearly he's found and the right so woman. obviously, you know, he's got to learn how to stretch. <clears throat> Okay, next up is, okay, again, this is an author I haven't read, but I one-clicked after reading this because I have apparently a very specific trope, and I'm going to talk about one of these when we talk about Kylie Scott, which is the bride (laughs) running away from her wedding. Okay, I didn't know I wanted this until I was like, oh, every single one of my favorites. So I do like a runaway bride. Oh, God, yeah, me too. So standing outside the fire has a runaway bride literally climbing outside of the church when the hot cowboy fireman comes and rescues her in her dress. And I was like, oh, I want that. <laughs> and Sarah mentioned, she's like, Jillian Neal, she's like, she has a sexy professor. And there is one called Cowgirl Education, where the hero is the human sexuality professor. Mm. Excuse me, I'll take it. <laughs> that Thanks. is, I know. Click, click, yeah. click. <laughs> Tropetastic, we love you. Thank you so much, Jillian. Uh, Vanessa North is next. Um, we've talked a lot about Vanessa. We've talked about Vanessa before. We talked about her on the sports episode because she yep. wrote this great roller derby book called Roller Girl. Um, I'm recommending today Off Limits, which is a lesbian romance between the lead singer of a punk band by night, who by day is like the social secretary of this like very posh club, ladies club. And, um, she, but she like one night is she like performs sexy. She's like, performing and she's hot and great and then at the end she meets this beautiful woman and it turns out who like basically comes on to her and it all seems like it's going to go fine but turns out this woman is the daughter of this famous film dynasty Mm -hmm. and a member of the club that she works at in the day and she can't fraternize with members ope Um, (laughs) so there's like a little bit she is literally off limits which is the title of the book and i think vanessa is a really great writer so yeah perfect you're looking for lesbians. All right. Diana Quincy is you. Oh, Diana. Diana's great. I mean, I think Diana, 
I've never read a, a Diana Quincy book that I didn't love. Um, her most recent book is called Her Night with the Duke. Its own voices, the heroine is Arab. And the hero, the way this book begins, the hero is washed. There's a, he's on his way to meet the very perfect young woman who he is about to take to wife because mm-hmm. he needs a duchess and an heir the way dukes do. Sure. Um, but the road is washed out in a storm and he lands himself at a posting inn. And when he walks inside, the heroine is there. This is chapter one, like page one. He walks inside, the heroine is there. Um, there are a bunch of like really racist, misogynistic assholes standing around, like, being racist and misogynistic. And um, she is not, the innkeeper will not give her a room for the night. And the Duke says, well, you can always share my room for the night. And she's like, no, thank you. I can take care of myself. And then there's a knife fight, which is amazing. Um, And then... They end up, uh, she ends up, yes, in fact, saying, well, that sounds fine. One night, (laughs) one night will be fine. So it's only one bed, only one night. And then the next morning when the road is dry, they both, they separate, they go on their separate ways. They're never (laughs) going to see each other again. And then, oops, she is his future wife's stepmother. Whoa. (laughs) I have it. And I can't wait to read it. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Julia Quinn is next. I don't even know what we, more we can say about Julia Quinn. The, the Bridgertons comes out on Christmas Day, and it looks like it's going to be beautiful on Netflix. It, like, the costumes and the screenshots are amazing. Um, my favorite Bridgerton is the name I can't say. The, Vi- the Viscount. Vi- yeah, sure. The Viscount who loved me. Um Famously has the mallet of death scene where a bunch of Bridgertons play some real competitive croquet. <laughs> that croquet team. That that croquet is that croquet scene is famous. When people say sparkling dialogue, yeah. They like, mean Julia. They mean Julia. Um, I'm not gonna tell you my favorite Bridgerton book because we're gonna do an episode on it later. Yes, we are when Bridgerton comes out to get everybody excited about Bridgerton, watching it on Netflix. Thank you, Shonda Rhimes. But I am gonna tell you that my favorite Julia Quinn book is a book called The Secret Diary of Mr. Miranda Cheever. Um, because everybody knows I like things where people write things down. Yes. Like diaries sure. and letters. Um, and it is a like long time unrequited love story between Miranda and her hero. And he makes terrible mistakes and has to deal with it. And I love it. It's very emotional. So, uh, Julia, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Julia gave books to everybody who came uh, one week. And we really love you. And thank you so much for being great. C.D. Reese is next. I talked about C.D. Reese in the in the Mafia book, the Mafia yep. series too. Um, I talked about this book and it was called Spin. Uh when I talked about it, but now it's called I something just else. Realized that she has rebranded this whole series, which I guess is a thing that people do sometimes. Um, but it's the it corruption is, series is the one you'll find it. Yeah, the corruption series, and all this, all the um, titles are ours. So the first one is Rogue, and then Ruin, and then Rule, um, which sound also interestingly like they could be three nicknames for a historical romance. Uh, brotherhood (laughs) so anyway uh it's it's the same couple in all three books but you can get them on ku and um we are very happy thank you that uh to cd um also cd is a pretty big badass on twitter about politics so if you there you go are looking for somebody who's just says whatever the fuck you wish you said 
besides me, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, Sarah Roshan is next. She is a terrific, terrific author. Her latest is called The Boyfriend Project, and it's also great. Um, It starts off with three friends who, well, actually three women essentially become friends when they realize they've all been dating the same man, and they all dump him sort of at the same time and become friends. And then um, our main character essentially meets a a new man at work, and she has some trust issues, of course, and he, it turns out, is undercover. So there's a lot of really great conflict that's built in there. Um, And also just that book in general is... um, Oh, God, it's just terrific. I think it really does, you know, people know I don't really love books about work, but this book is so well done when it shows um, the the very real problems of, um, I I guess I want to say, like, not only, like, women in tech, but black women in tech, right? And sort of how... um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, how Samaya really has to face, like, how much she does, I think, to pull other women up the ladder. It was really, um, it was a great book. I loved it. I think everyone will love it, and every book that Farrah wrote is great. She also is really famous for having a a great series about a whole family um, called the the Holmes Brothers. Yes. Um, I really like one of Farrah's old contemporary uh, category romances called Stay With Me Forever, which is also kind of teenage unrequited love, Mm. like turned one night stand. And uh, Farrah is from New Orleans. And this book is set against the, it's sort of backdropped by the rebuilding of New Orleans post-Katrina. And it's really yummy. Next up, we have. Thank you, Farah. You're amazing. Um, Carrie Ann Ryan gave a book to every. Is giving a, gave a book to everyone one week. She is has written a a big sprawling series called the Montgomery Inc. series, which I've read several of, kind of in and out. Um, and there are like lots of spinoff series to this. And one of the things that I think, and this is really appealing to a lot of us, is the frustration of like, hey, wait, that secondary character, where's their book? And Carrie Ann's books like really deliver. So these are Briggs sprawling series about families. And it's like, if you are interested in a character, they are definitely going to get their book. Um, So it feels really um, like safe in that way. Like there's no like, wait, what happened to kind of sense. Um, And they, the Montgomery Inc. series is all about like a tattoo parlor. And then they're like spinoff series with like people's uh, tattoo parlors in other parts of Colorado. Um, And she, there's just like really great. There's so many of them. So like, she has like a really awesome backlist. If you get into these books, you are definitely going to just get everything you want out of them. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. You're the best. Kennedy Ryan. I mean, another person who we just adore. Absolutely. Um, Listen to our Kennedy Ryan episode where we freewheeled and talked about old school romances for a while. Um, But Kennedy, you know, I've said before on the podcast that uh, when Kennedy Ryan sits down to write a book, she's sitting down to hunt big game always. Mm -hmm. Um, The Kingmaker series is her most recent series. And then it's topped by, which is two books and then topped by, there might be a novella in there too. And then it's topped by Queen Move, which is the most recent book that she wrote. We'll talk more about Queen Move in a few, in a few weeks too. Um, But it's really, what she does is she writes these heroines who like know who they are in the world and what they want to 
do to the world, like what, how they, they, they are change making women and they're really inspirational. And I find, you know, when Kennedy sits down and writes a book, I know, uh, here's what I know. When I sit down to read a book, I know I'm about to read about a heroine who really like is aware of her own power. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Awesome. Thank you, Kennedy, so much. Kennedy also visited us on one of the phone banks to say thank you. Um, we were calling South Carolina, and she was actually driving through South Carolina at the time, and it was, it was awesome. perfect. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, next up we have Kylie Scott. This is one of my favorite authors. I really loved Everybody Knows the Stage Dive series. And um, right now I am actually listening to the first book in the spinoff, which is called Dirty, which has a bride escaping from her own wedding when oh. she gets mail, like essentially in her phone, um, she gets a video of her groom-to-be having sex with the best man. And she, it turns out everyone in the town kind of knew that these two had been had been lovers and she was new in town and didn't know. But he's, you know, it's he's just a real jerk and his family is sort of like the rich people in town. But she escapes by climbing over the fence and there's like a house next door and she climbs in the bathroom window and mm-hmm. is essentially just like miserable in the bathtub when the hero Vaughn Hewson who had been like sort of a a singer for like their um you know like the band that plays before the real band the warm the, whatever it's called the warm up that so, yeah yeah the- like opening act the opening act and he is back in his hometown and it's the last place that he wants to be and again an escaped bride i was like i love it i love it this is what i want it's terrific and all kylie's books are terrific um yeah kylie i really like she has a standalone called it seemed like a good idea at the time that i really love um that is uh where the heroine when she was 18 years old came on to, like, she had become very, very close with uh, her father's basically, like, right-hand man um, who's in a construction company, and he was, I don't know, older, like, 15 years older, but, and so, like, he thought of himself as her, like, older brother, confidant, like, helper, and she had a big fat teenage crush on him, and uh, when she turned 18, at her birthday party, she came on to him, and he was like, whoa, this isn't happening, and then she pieces out because she is so embarrassed and, like, leaves town and then comes back a decade later, and they have to... They ha- and suddenly we've talked about a lot of Kylie's books. We talked about repeat on the amnesia episode. I've talked about stage dive. Well, so, we yeah. think Kylie's great. So yeah. uh, Nisha Sharma, also friend of the pod. She was here on the mafia romance and she was amazing. Yeah. Um, and we love her Sing Family trilogy a whole lot. Yeah. And also her YA novel, My So-Called Bollywood Life, is fantastic. And I just recommended it to one of my students last week. And I'm really excited to see if she'll read it. Because this little baby loved Maureen Goose books. And I was like, you will love My So-Called Bollywood Life. Because it has a similar, um, like, right, she watches a bunch of Bollywood movies to figure out how to essentially catch this guy she decides she wants. I love it's it. It's amazing. I love it. Um, thank you, Nisha. We love you. Um, Joanna Shoup. I mean, I don't know what there is to say, except she's amazing. We love her. I mean. The devil of downtown, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah, Florence. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, the, I mean, her most recent series is, uh, the, the Rogues of Fifth Avenue. No, 
That's the first book. The most recent series is called The Uptown Girls. Yes. Um, and it's the Rogue of Fifth, A- Fifth A- the Rogue of Fifth Avenue, The Prince of Broadway, and The Devil of Downtown. And I mean, yeah, I don't know to tell you they're perfect. She also has a novella coming out in this Duke. I'd like to f. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. It's so, yeah, you guys pre-order the Duke I'd like to F because Joanna and Adriana's, Adriana's books. books are mm. chef's kiss. Yeah. All right, your next, next up is Catherine Stein. Um, I actually met Catherine when we were, like, on a, you know, as one does now, on a Zoom call. We were at the same, um, the Spring Fling, the Chicago Spring Fling went, went virtual, and I hung out with Catherine, and she was just so great. And she has a book, this sounds amazing, called The Scoundrel's New Con, in which a con man has his eyes on essentially um, taking a bunch of money off of the arrogant Earl of Bardic, who's offered 5,000 pounds to anyone who could prove his castle is haunted and he's like hello i will take your five thousand pounds and his foil is a investigative reporter named tess cochran who's like yes this guy's a jerk but we're not going to steal his money and i feel like i was like i love a book like this where a, a a con man is determined to do their conning and someone is like i'm gonna get in their way Ooh. yeah so the scoundrel's new con is one we recommend uh charlotte stein is next Thank you. Charlotte donated 30 books to everybody. I mean, we're so grateful, Charlotte. You're amazing. Her books Um, are amazing. And also, Charlotte, we love Charlotte's books. We've talked about her on many of our interstitial episodes. Um, You know, the one thing that I always say about Charlotte is if it's like reading two people falling in love or, you know, multiple people in some cases falling in love and you're in a phone booth with (laughs) With them. them. So, like, you're like, this is awkward. And I feel like I, I feel like I shouldn't be watching, but also, oh, my God. This is amazing. Yeah. Her books are just terrific. Um, So good. Mm. So I don't know what Jen's favorite is, but my favorite is actually a book called The Professor, unsurprisingly. Hello, I have a hot for teacher kink. Um, And uh, it's real hot. It's, I mean, I don't really know what to say, except that the heroine um, accidentally is writing like erotic fan fiction and she turns it in instead of her paper. (laughs) Yeah. And then he basically is like, see me after class. And then it goes exactly as you want it to go. I have many favorites, but the one I reread recently, I I mean, here's the thing. Her backlist is so big that you kind of reread once. You're like, oh my God, I forgot how good this one was, was Sweet Agony, where a woman named Molly Parker is like essentially applying for a job, but she like walks up to this like ramshackle, you know, Victorian mess of a house. And the guy inside is like this like, wound really tight his name's Syrian Harcroft and he mm-hmm. like you know there's all these bizarre rules and he makes her wear like a maid's costume <laughs> <It's> fine <laughs> you guys it's so fucking hot I, I know even... you know because Charlotte's just like yes. it's like she like peels open her brain and is like I'm just gonna like give it to you raw bit of like id that she mm-hmm. has she just pours it onto the page and then you're like, this is a kink that I did not know I had, but now I really definitely have this kink. For sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Charlotte. We love you. We okay. love you, Charlotte. And I also just want to say some of these authors, Kylie and Charlotte, are not Americans, right? So to have them support us, it somehow means even more. I don't know why it really does. So thank you. I mean, you. I think, I yeah, 
absolutely. Thank you, uh, extra Kylie and Charlotte and anybody else who's who's not in the United States. Like we but are, who knows, right? We it, appreciate you seeing what's yes. happening. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Sadira Stone. Um, I have not read this book, Gelato Surprise, but I wanted to shout it out because a lot of our uh, read uh, listeners are looking for um, heroines that are not right in their twenties, and this one has a forty-two-year-old heroine with a younger man of 31 and I think you know she's an ex-divorcee and so we you know having heroines in their 40s is like sometimes a really big appeal when we talk about um like seasoned romance right is kind of Sandra Antonelli yeah we I almost always direct people people to Sandra Antonelli she has a Facebook group um where she talks a lot about seasoned romance but so this seemed like one that maybe a lot of our readers would like she also um uh Sidira also has a uh, a, a couple books, one called Through the Red Door, at, that also sound great. So thank you for supporting us, Sadira. Millivane is next. I mean. Just go read A Heart of Blood and Ashes. We'll wait. Yes. <laughs> That's all we're going to say about that. Here's the thing that I will say. I've been, you know, Milla has been really supportive of the podcast since we talked about uh, yeah. A Heart of Blood and Ashes. And I just want to say thank you in general, Milla. It's been awesome. And thank you for jumping in and being willing to donate books. And, yeah. We appreciate um, it. You know, we really love, as as you know, we really love you and your books. So um, it's great to have you. And uh, and then Nora Zelvansky, who is a dear, dear friend of mine who writes women's fiction. Um, her most recent book is called Will You, Won't You Want Me? And it's exactly the kind of book that you want if you loved kind of a Bridget Jonesy, like if you really love the kind of feel of the heroine who's kind of out of... Um, she just can't get it right. Like she has a lot. She's the, the heroine of this book. She was hugely popular in high school, like a very, very like popular. She was a popular girl. She, oh, it was, she was supposed to be a superstar. And then she kind of like ends up in a job that with a boss who she doesn't really care for. And she's, and then she gets offered this opportunity that could change her life. And so it's sort of a lot of different things happening all at once that move her from, you know, a stagnant place to a really active place. And it's funny and it's about, you know, becoming the person you are meant to be. Yeah. And uh, Nora's great. Okay, so we talked about so much. Here's the last thing we're going to say. We're, we're not talking anymore. I'm all talked out because I got to save myself for phone making. <laughs> I know. Oh, wait. One more thing, which is Heaving Bosoms, Learning the Tropes, yes. and oh, the yeah. Wicked Wallflowers all donated gear and swag and fun stuff to the podcast, to um, the phone bankers as part of the podcast. No. To the phone bankers, I really have, like, lost my mind. Um, All donated really fun stuff to the phone banks. And so we just want to shout out our brothers and sisters in podcasting for being so cool about this, too. And Erin Leaf turned up to phone bank, even though she hates phone banking. So thanks, Erin. I just want to say one more thing. Thursday night, tomorrow (gasps) night. We're having our 100th episode live, and you can join us by signing up and appearing on Zoom, and it's going to be lots of fun. We requested people writing questions, and we are going to have a great time. 
yeah, we'll put links to the tickets, um, which I mean, it's free, but you do have to sign up to get the link to Zoom um, and uh, links to the question doc where you can like drop questions to us. We're going to have so many special guests. I think we're up to like 10 special guests. I'm sure you could guess who many of them are <laughs> if you're longtime listeners. Um, and we are really excited. And uh, we figured 100 episodes. It's our first live. Although yeah. I, we've done it. We've done a couple of like lives with other people but um this is our first exclusive live and we figured what better week to do it than this one where we are who knows where yeah but jen and i are here for you because you guys have always been here for us yeah i hope it's a good day today everybody me too i hope we're drinking champagne and not whiskey yeah (laughs) (laughs) what are we drinking there you go (laughs) that's exactly right my loves, you have really been, you've done the, done the job. Thank you all so much. Thank you to every one of these authors. Thank you to every one of you who phone banked. Thank you to every one of you who retweeted the phone banks, who clicked on the links, who did anything at all to turn out the vote this election. Whatever happened, wherever we are right now, you did great. You did great. Hi guys, this is Jen. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Heavy Met Jen. Um, I don't want to talk about the very first book that blew me because my mom read romance as a kid, and so I was reading romance <laughs> as a kid. Um, and so there were so many books that she had on her shelf that I was exposed to: um, Drew Devereaux. Uh, old school, you know, Harlequin and um, those kind of category romances, but I want to talk about the book that brought me back to romance in my adulthood after a very, very long time of not reading anything, and it was Wanna Bet by Talia Hibbert. Um, It's about, you know, Jasmine and Raul, they're best friends, and they've kind of taken their relationship to the next level. I love a good friend's lover's romance. And the reason why this book really blooded me in my modern-day sense and brought me back to romance is just because I had been in a reading slump for such a long time, and I had gone through losing, you know, my grandfather and older brother in a short period of time and I was not able to read anything at all and then one day I happened to be on Kindle Unlimited and I saw this book by you know this author and I was like well let's give it a shot and when I dived right in I loved everything about the friends to lovers part of the romance I you know kind of related to the issues of parental death and you know of course some trigger warnings for that as it relates to you know, having to do with that parental neglect and abandonment uh, those were kind of feelings that helped me work through my grief at that time and brought me back to romance so I could enjoy happily ever after and of course, you know, like you said, the good friends to lovers is one of my favorite tropes. And that is the book that butted me. I mean, I could go on and on about how 
great Talia is and how responsive she was, like when I messaged her on social media talking about stuff like that, and how reading her work brought me to you guys at Faded Nights, even though I haven't read IAD at all. <laughs> but I do listen to your, I do listen to IAD um, recaps and the interstitials that you did from season one, and it really opened me up to other romance novels that I could read and brought me into an entirely new space of happiness and joy. So this is the book that blooded me in my adulthood and brought me back to romance, and that's what I want to share with you guys today. Okay. I look forward to listening to you guys again and again and again, and as long as you continue making a podcast. And, Sarah, I love your books. Okay, bye. (laughs) 